international life stories from around the world, but mostly from Poland. Today we have a special guest from Ohio, Jennifer Ellis. Hello. <laughs> Good. Yes, you're there. Um, I have known you for a long time. I can't even think off the top of my head how long I've known you, but can you? Uh, 2000, since 1996. Oh man, that is a long time. We won't do the math. <laughs> 20 years. Oh wow, that's actually easy math. I just realized it's six. So that's easy. <laughs> that is easy. 20 years, yes. So she's, yeah, she's known me since I was a very awkward teenager 14. until I was a very awkward adult. So it's it's been great. <laughs> Yeah, through thick and thin, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I'm excited to have you on the show today because, well, you currently, you lived in Arizona for a while, but you moved back to Ohio, and now you work um, as the manager of a women's shelter called Elizabeth's New Life Center in Dayton, Ohio. And so I was um, excited to kind of talk to you about that and a little bit about what you do. So what? Um, how did you end up in this work and what exactly do you do? Uh, well, a few years back, um, when we moved to the, um, Dayton, Ohio area, I was um, working at my kid's school. And while I enjoyed that and it was very fulfilling and I even had some opportunities to, uh, really just minister to the students I was working with. My position was based on funding and I had become, um, a childbirth educator and a certified doula, uh, labor support person. And my heart was really with pregnant women. Uh, and we went to a fundraiser. We took our church youth group to a fundraiser for the organization that I work for. And after that uh, fundraiser that evening, my husband, Steve and I talked about it and really felt like we needed to be more involved in pro-life work and wanted to find opportunities for our youth group to also possibly be involved in that. And so I went to look at the website for the organization that I work for and saw some different volunteer opportunities, but also saw open positions for employment with them as a consultant <laughs> working directly with women facing unplanned pregnancies. And I read the job description of my husband <clears throat> and, uh, you know, said, do you think that I could do this? <laughs> and he's like, Yes, <laughs> without a doubt. And so um, I really started praying about it and updated my resume and sent it in. And the night of the fundraiser, we actually, I ran into a young man who had been substitute teaching at the school I worked at and had finally gotten a job in his field, which was like graphic media and things like that. And he was doing that for the organization that I work for. So I contacted him and he was actually one of my references and it was his glowing reference that helped me get me the position. And oh, nice. the Lord just, the Lord just really made it clear to me that that's exactly what I was supposed to do. I was contacted by another similar organization in the same time frame, asking me about teaching childbirth classes for them. And it was just another sign that this is exactly where I was supposed to be and where I was supposed to go. And that was almost six years ago. Oh, nice. So um, I worked as a consultant there for the first five years before the manager of my office uh, moved on to uh, somewhere else the Lord was leading her, and I became the manager of the women's center where I work. Um, we have six women's centers in our area, and, and in addition to that, we have what's called the Save the Storks bus or a 
a big mobile women's center, a van that travels around to various college campuses and provides, um, all of our centers provide free pregnancy tests and ultrasounds uh, to confirm pregnancy for women. And we discuss all of their pregnancy options with them. Our center offers classes and programs to support them when they choose to carry their pregnancy. Uh, we They can earn baby bucks to spend on baby items at our boutique, like diapers, wipes, clothes, furniture, things of that nature. We provide emergency assistance with diapers and wipes and formula if a woman's not breastfeeding um, up to three times so that they can receive some kind of support. A lot of them come in and they just really don't have any support at all. Mm. So how does, um, you kind of covered a lot of what I'm about to ask, but how does it exactly uh, work? Um, So for those who don't know what a woman's shelter is, is it an actual building or you mentioned a Mm -hmm. bus as well? So how does that work? We have um, six stationary women's centers. Uh, All of our clients, most, the majority of our clients, I would say, hear about us through word of mouth, uh, but we do have um, a website women can make appointments at. Um, they can go to the website. They can call if it's after hours. There's a 1-800 number they call and it gets transferred to our op- transferred so that they can make an appointment with our centers. So um, we have they, we take walk-ins as well. So all of our clients can either call us to make an appointment and come in um, they can just walk in and get services from us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see women who are facing an unplanned pregnancy and are unsure what they're going to do. They don't know. They don't feel like they can have maybe another child or a first child. They don't know how to tell their parents. They don't know how to tell the father. Uh, but sometimes we see women who they want to be pregnant, but they don't have medical insurance and they don't know where to go or what to do next. And so we can facilitate that, tell them exactly what they need to do, provide verification of their pregnancy. And all of our services are at no cost to them. We're a nonprofit organization and we don't charge for any of our services. The same goes for the mobile, the same goes for the mobile unit as well. And what, oh, that's pretty cool. So what happens uh, with the mobile unit? How does that work? The mobile unit uh, travels around to different uh, areas, usually parks somewhere for four to five hours a day. During the school year, uh, they park at uh, different college campuses all around our area um, and the surrounding areas as well, um, five days a week. And then they also park outside of a... um, the abortion clinic that's located across from my center. And then they also cross uh, park across from another surgical abortion facility in another area um, one day a week. And they did they do those in the summer when the college campuses aren't open. Um, it's really important to be able to do that because the one place that they park outside of will charge them $25 just for a pregnancy test. Oh, wow. And we don't charge anything. Ours are free. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's very, yeah, that's very important. So girls that are possibly considering having an abortion will, you know, be able to go to our mobile unit and, you know, speak with a caring, compassionate woman and get a pregnancy test and an ultrasound if their test is positive, all for no, all at no cost. And the same thing with all of our women's centers. Yeah. So what do you feel um, the ultimate uh, goal is of the, of the shelter and organization? Our goal is to empower women to make godly choices that lead them towards choosing life. 
that um, to empower them to make you know choices that that stand for themselves and stand for their babies. Um, so many of them feel that there's just too much going against them to be able to either parent another child or parent a first child. And we have a lot of resources available to them between the classes that I told you about. We have um, some grant program classes that they can do also where they can earn baby items and baby bucks. And, you know, the one class, they even get a gift card, a gas gift card just Mm -hmm. for coming Mm -hmm. to the class. So that helps them, you know, defray the cost of coming to the class. Um, So the ultimate goal would be for them to know that they can that they can make this work, that they don't have to terminate their pregnancy. They don't, it doesn't have to end that way. Um, we -hmm. also do see women who come back in who have previously had an abortion and we have a post-abortion support program that we can refer them to, especially before, you know, they would consider going down that road and doing that again. Mm -hmm. Is that, um, is that pretty common? Um, having more than one abortion, um, unfortunately, unfortunately it is, um, you know, they get to the point where they, they don't, they don't know what to do. They're not ready to have a child or maybe they never wanted to have children. And, um, yeah, having more than one abortion, it's a pretty common statistic for a woman who has an abortion to get pregnant again within the first year. Mm. It's pretty, pretty high numbers. Some of it is because, uh, their self-worth goes down because they feel guilty and ashamed for what they did. And Mm -hmm. so they become, they become promiscuous and end up pregnant again. Mm. Have you, um, was that a program for women who have already had an abortion? Was that in effect when, has that been like something that's been in effect from the beginning or was that added on later as a need arose or do you know about that? Uh, the, it's, the program has been in existence as long as our organization has been in existence. There's been support for women who've already been through it. Um, each of our centers has at least one, if not two women who are trained to go through the post-abortion support program with women. And it's one-on-one. Um, one of our centers has started doing also a, um, it's like a, like a, quarterly outreach to women who've been through the program previously mm-hmm. where they can all just come together and share how they're doing and just, just facilitate uh, fellowshipping with each other. Um, and just someplace where it's safe for them to talk about any feelings they might still be having. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, how, how many would you say are, uh, women like monthly, um, are in the program or, or in in the post-abortion support program, unfortunately, a lot of women feel that they can just handle it on their own mm-hmm. and they don't go through the program. I, I We haven't personally had someone go through the program in our center in a while. Now, the woman who facilitates the entire program works out of another one of our centers. And so they'll get a few more there because she does the intake there. Mm-hmm. And then some of them will just choose to stay there. Um, but we do not get a very high number of women who go through the program. Just like, you know, um, that leads me into thinking about in addition to the post-abortion support program, whenever we go over options with a pregnant woman who isn't sure what she's going to do about her pregnancy. We talk to them about carrying the pregnancy. We give them information about abortion procedures and the side effects and what they can go through emotionally and psychologically. But we also talk to them about adoption. And 
that, you know, not only do we mm-hmm. not get a lot of women who choose to go through our post-abortion support program, a lot of women right away cross adoption off their list as an option as well. Oh, really? So, yeah, which is a shame. It's, I mean, we, you know, I try to explain to them it's it's a heroic option. It's a way to be a blessing to somebody else. Yeah. But they feel that if they carry the pregnancy, then they're going to want a parent. So. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, I can see where in some ways they would think you would think that, you know, after the nine months of carrying the Mm -hmm. baby that you'd, you know, you need to raise it as well. Exactly. And, you know, um, and how many people are women, um, in the regular program as well monthly? Is it, is it, um, are you pretty busy or how? Yeah. Yeah. It depends. It depends on the office and the location. Um, one of our offices is more in an inner city type area, so they'll see they'll see over well over a hundred pregnancy tests a month, mm-hmm. most most months. Um, a center like ours is moderately busy, especially because we're located right across the street from an abortion clinic. Mm-hmm. Um, we get clients that come in that think that we are the abortion clinic. They'll uh-huh. they actually have their appointment at the abortion clinic. And so we sometimes have an opportunity just to talk to them even for a couple of minutes before they end up choosing to leave and going and finding their appointment. Um, so that gives us a little bit higher of a number. So on average, um, I would say about 75 or so pregnancy tests a month. And that doesn't include like all of our Earn Why You Learn clients that come in each week. There's about 20 of those mm-hmm. uh, in addition to all of the pregnancy test appointments that we get and follow-up ultrasound appointments and things of that nature. Yeah. So um, I guess switching over from the the um, clinic to um, you personally, like how do you feel that this has affected you working there? Um, and do you feel... Yeah, I guess we can just start with that question. <laughs> I would say that, I mean, spiritually, it's it's made my relationship with God much stronger because I I can't go in and lead a staff in prayer and devotions each morning without my own complete dependence on God to um, to lead our staff and volunteers at our office to be able to go in and talk to a woman who's in an incredibly difficult situation the Holy Spirit has to lead and direct that. I can't do it in my own strength. There's just no way. Uh, so mm-hmm. we do have a chapel um, that actually faces the uh, abortion clinic across from our office. And uh, we start our day there with prayer and devotions every morning that I lead. But I also have to be doing that on my own in order to to have the strength when when we do have a difficult situation and um, you know, one of our staff or volunteers is, is of course, you know, upset for what they've heard or what they've seen, mm-hmm. um, that a woman is going through. So I, I believe that in that nature it has completely like made me more dependent on, on God and in each and every day, knowing that he has a plan for each of these women. And, um, it's also taught me to have good boundaries because I can't, we see some, we hear and see heavy things and yeah. I can't, I can't bring that home. Um, the, that needs to be something that I leave in the Lord's hands because I can't make their decisions for them. So that that's really helped me come up with good boundaries with, that I didn't previously have, I'd mm-hmm. say. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna say even just, uh, thinking of the nature of the work and, 
and the counseling and the and the and the stories that you're you obviously hear um I can't imagine um being able to do that for long term um without without the Lord because you would obviously want to change or fix it or you know do something and realizing that like you said you can't you can't change people um yeah and you know I'm a fixer so <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's amazing you're still working <laughs> it's doing great must be the lord so it's definitely the lord <laughs> yeah oh, that's cool um so um, I don't know if you can um share or generally any story maybe that was had impacted you or really changed you or um, can you share anything or mm-hmm. okay yeah and um probably it's it's just an amazing opportunity as difficult as it is to be located where we are and to have we have another center also that's located across from um a facility that does like um pre-abortion appointments and things like that so to have centers that are like that front lines front and center is awesome um but it's also challenging <laughs> and so we had one of we call those those clients that come in that have appointments at the abortion clinic, we call them right placers because they're not in the wrong place. They're exactly where God intended them to be. Uh-huh. And sometimes they will choose to stay and have a pregnancy test and an ultrasound with us. And um, we had one who came in and she had already had a couple kids and just felt like there was no way she could do it. And she had not yet gone to a doctor or anything and not had her pregnancy confirmed and didn't know how far along she was or anything. And so, you know, I really, we really suggested to her that she stay and, and have an ultrasound. And we explained the reasons for that and that it was going to be free and she wouldn't have to pay for an initial appointment for an abortion if she find, go, comes to find out that what if the pregnancy wasn't going to continue or something of that nature. And she really did value that and wanted that information. And so um, I sent her back to our ultrasound tech and she went to go do the ultrasound and the woman ended up being in her third trimester of pregnancy. Oh, wow. Like, like closer to giving birth than she was to when she got pregnant. (laughs) And she was, she went from being, you know, okay, I can't do this to, wow, I'm overwhelmed to excited all in a period of like an hour. And it was just amazing to see, obviously at that point, she wasn't any longer considering terminating her pregnancy. That in Ohio law would Mm -hmm. not allow for it. Um, but just something like that is just so rewarding. And the fact that we are right there and had we not been there, she wouldn't have walked through our door. We wouldn't have been able to give her that information and, you know, she would have spent the money that she needs for the baby. There are just so many, you know, different variables that could have gone into that, but God saw fit to send her through our door and, I'm sure, you know, she has a wonderful little baby that's probably close to one years old now. (laughs) So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there was another one that came to us and um, she's in college and her, you know, boyfriend was in college and their situation was just, they were very, very busy and um, she was not on board with adoption. And so she was considering abortion, but felt that 
it was only because her boyfriend wanted her to consider it. And she wasn't so sure she was on board with it. So while I was talking to her alone, um, explained everything to her. She said, you know, she didn't know what to do because she felt kind of like maybe he was brainwashing her. And I brought him in and I explained what, you know, she would have to go through in order to terminate her pregnancy. And he didn't look any too thrilled with me for (laughs) putting the facts out there. (laughs) And, um, so they ended up going back for an ultrasound and everything. And, um, we follow up with all of our clients. And when we called her back, she said that absolutely everything had changed, that that ultrasound spoke volumes. And he's like, we can do this. We can do this. And, um, they ended up going through all of our classes, all of our programs. Uh, He ended up being like one of the most involved fathers of babies I've ever, I've ever had. And talk about just a complete turnaround and, they're just a wonderful, wonderful couple that, um, and, and through this, she's had an opportunity to share God's love with him because they weren't on the same page as far as their faith background. And she's had opportunities now to share that with him. So God is good. Wow. That's cool. Wow. And I bet those are the stories that often kind of, um, help on those harder days. You can kind of go back and say, okay, (laughs) you know, these are, these are these, uh, victories and, and you see God working and in the dark hours. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, and do you see yourself in this, um, line of work for, um, a while or, um, are you wearing out? (laughs) Uh, no, I, I'm not wearing out. Um, God, God, God is my strength (laughs) and, um, I definitely, see myself, um, doing this, this work for as long as God would have me to, um, my, my husband's talked about someday in the future when he retires, you know, moving, being like those snowbirds, except for he wants to go down there permanently and move to Florida. (laughs) (laughs) And I know they have a lot of pregnancy resource centers down there. So, um, you know, I would love to stay, stay in this work and definitely serve women. Um, one thing that, I would love for our our organization to have, uh, is a maternity home. And Mm -hmm. so if there was an ever, ever an opportunity to work with a maternity home, that would also be something that I would really, really love. We do have our own prenatal care center that we can refer women to. We have, um, like marriage and family programs as well as like abstinence and goal setting programs in local schools. But a maternity home is something we don't have yet that we would love. I would love to see our organization have there's, there are none like really close to us. So yeah, that would be something I would also love to do sometime in the future. Oh, that'd be cool. Um, well, I guess probably as people are listening, I know it makes me think like, how can, um, I get involved or how can someone get involved and what would you suggest? I would suggest that, um, if you, are feeling called to support pro-life ministry. Um, anytime, if there's an abortion clinic in your community, in your area, two times a year, there's something called 40 days for life. 40 days for life is, um, uh, basically peaceful prayer times outside of abortion clinics for 40 days. It's going on right now, um, all over the world. And what people are praying 
outside abortion clinics for 40 days. And then it happens in the fall. And then it happens again in the spring, right around, um, right around Easter. So mm-hmm. that's one way, definitely uh, praying, going to a website uh, like Option Line or Heartbeat International or CareNet and putting in your zip code and finding the pregnancy resource centers in your area that are supporting women and seeing what volunteer opportunities they have. Maybe you aren't called to go in and actually meet with women and run pregnancy tests and, you know, consult with women, but maybe there's behind the scenes things. Maybe they have mailings that need sent out. Maybe they have um, little layout gifts like we give out to women, little baby gifts that they need put together. Um, maybe mm-hmm. they need things donated for their boutiques where women take classes and they get to earn those items. There's all kinds of ways that you can support and do things in the background if you don't feel called to be like up front and center working directly with the women. So that would be, you could go to Heartbeat International, you could go to Option Line, or you could go to CareNet, go to their websites websites, and look those up. And all of them will have like pregnancy center locators in there by zip code and contact your local organizations. Okay, cool. That's great. That's quite a lot of resources. You were ready for that question. <laughs> well, um, another question too I would have is, um, you know, seeing as this is um, a hot topic all over the world, we talked a little bit about what's going on here in Poland currently um, with them trying to reverse laws. And um, But if somebody is listening, and there's probably a, a great chance that there are quite a few people listening who um, are not pro-life how would and they're kind of hearing this and thinking ah this is just more pro-life uh propaganda what would you suggest (laughs) like i mean or is there something that you can suggest some resource for them to you know if they want to look into this a little bit more or um yeah i guess what would you tell them i would tell them if they you know if they haven't investigated for themselves and don't understand why people are pro-life, um, especially from like a scientific standpoint and um, just the value of life and like scientifically what goes on when a woman gets pregnant. Uh, the Life Training Institute is a great place with all kinds of resources and places that they can get good in-depth research-based information about um, the beginnings of life. I mean, as soon as the egg and the sperm meet, before it even implants in the lining of the uterus, the DNA has already been determined. What color hair they're going to have, how tall they're going to be, you know, the sex of the child, all of that is determined before it even implants in the lining of the uterus. And so many people don't know that part. (laughs) And um, the organization Life Training Institute has a lot of great resources along that line to um, come at come at it from a scientific point of view, especially if any listeners don't have any type of faith background or maybe you don't even believe in God. This isn't just a it's not just a religious issue. Um, it's just a value of life issue. Um, I saw a bumper sticker last week that said that um, that women deserve the right to be born. So when we talk about women's rights, it isn't just about a woman's right to be able to choose what to do with her pregnancy. Those, if that baby is a woman, she deserves the right to be born just as well as, you know, women have deserved the right to vote or, you know, whatever else the case may be. So looking at it from that perspective, um, 
that that's it's just good to fully educate yourself and make sure that you have have all of the answers before you stand really strong on an issue. Yeah. That's a, that's a very good point and um we'll definitely have those things up on the um the notes on the website and the links as well that you can click on. Um so check that out at thatinternationallife.com. Also, I guess my last question would be so we've got we've kind of covered what to do if you want to get involved, what to do if you don't know if you agree. And then um for those maybe who are listening who are in a place where they're pregnant and they don't know what to do. Um and this could be obviously this is I was telling you earlier we have listeners from all over the world. What is some advice you'd give them? To have to get all of your information first, to make sure you know everything about all of your options. Don't make a decision before you have all of your information. I always tell women that I meet with, if you are feeling undecided about what to do, don't go forth and just go ahead and have an abortion. Don't make a rush decision because you can never become unpregnant. You will always have been pregnant with that baby. Mm. You can't, you can't reverse it once it's done. So making sure you have your information here in this area, surgical abortion procedures don't even start until six weeks, which would be about four weeks after conception. So, you know, it's not like you take that positive pregnancy test as soon as you miss your cycle and, you know, you right away have to do something, make sure you have all of your information and you talk to somebody who's caring and compassionate and people who are going to point you in the right direction before you make any type of decision. And is there um, any, well, I guess kind of the same resources that you gave would also be really helpful, like Life Institute, uh, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're going to have great information on there as will Heartbeat, as will Option Line. Option Line is... um, They have a 1-800 number here in the United States that you can call. And I know that countries all over the world have these same same types of resources. So, you know, don't don't despair if you live in another country. Um, If you look up Women's Pregnancy Center, Women's Pregnancy Centers, Women's Pregnancy Resource Centers, Pregnancy Support Centers, all of those sorts of things, you're going to be able to find someone usually who's going to be able to support you, give you information and most of the time be able to do it at no cost to you. Oh, that's great. Well, um, that's, that's exciting. And I hope that, um, well, yeah, like you said, if there's somebody out there, or if you're saying there's somebody out there who is in that, in that place and they're needing to make a decision like that, uh, don't hesitate to reach out and get help. And like you said, make sure you, you know, know the facts before moving forward. So, well, I thank you so much for being on today. Um, and you're welcome. I hope that, I guess, is there anything else you want to add? Maybe. I don't think so. Thank you very much for having me. It's always great to talk about, um, how God is using the work that we do. Yeah, for sure. And I'm just excited to, um, hear, uh, we'll put a link on all the, all of these things, um, on the show notes. We'll have a link for even, uh, save the storks, the vans that you Mm -hmm. were talking about, the mobile unit, um, so people can kind of see and have a visual of what that is because kind of, you know, you might have a different imagination of what it is. So, um, so check that out and, and, and see and research this stuff. And I, I encourage everyone if, um, if you can get involved, um, in some way and, um, educate yourself and yeah, I don't think you, you'll regret it 
at all. Absolutely not. So, um, yeah, so much, uh, thanks so much for listening today and, um, be sure to share if you enjoyed the podcast and follow it and subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever you uh, listen to your podcasts. And if you can actually as well review on iTunes, that would be great so that more people can hear, uh, stories from around the world and, and just, um, broaden their, uh, worldview maybe. So, all right. Well, thanks so much. And until next time, bye.